Tuvalu has a new Prime Minister, Faleti Tio, and he's already signalled changes to his country's security deal with Australia. You'll remember the deal negotiated last year with the island nation's former Prime Minister will see 280 Tuvaluans a year migrate to Australia in exchange for an effective veto power over Tuvalu's security arrangements with other countries. Pat Conroy is the Federal Minister for the Pacific and joins me now. Welcome back to Drive, Minister. Good afternoon. Are you concerned that this new treaty is now in jeopardy? No, not at all. Uh, What I took out of the statement today by the new government of Tuvalu is that they uh, support the broad principles and objectives of the Tuvalu-Australia-Fali-Pili Union. I think that's great news and uh, it's not a surprise given the fact that Prime Minister Teo was one of the three eminent people who developed the proposal that the uh, Tuvalu government at the time then presented to Australia. But uh, Prime Minister Teo reportedly said he wants to make it more, quote, workable to safeguard the, quote, integrity of Tuvalu's sovereignty. I mean, how can you not interpret those statements as a change to what uh, the countries have previously agreed in principle? Well, I I think uh, that's a particular interpretation of the statement he presented. The statement says, we support the broad principles and objectives of the Falipili Treaty. They acknowledge the absence of some consultation between the government of Tuvalu and its people on it and they intend to address the process issues and work with the Government of Australia towards workable arrangements on advancing the objectives of the special union. That's about the implementation of the treaty. I think I think that's natural. You, you, you sign a treaty and then you obviously work on the detail of implementation arrangements between the two governments. That was our uh, intention um, uh, once the, uh, the election in Tuvalu was settled. You don't get the feeling that uh, Tuvalu and uh, their new Prime Minister has realised perhaps that they'd sort of sold out sovereignty? I mean, when you read those comments, the integrity of Tuvalu's sovereignty, it sounds like the Tuvaluans perhaps weren't properly consulted either. Well, no, I I reject that interpretation for a couple of reasons. One, the, the sentence was safeguarding the integrity of sovereignty in Tuvalu. Secondly, as I said, Prime Minister Teo was instrumental in developing the proposal. This is a proposal that has come to the Australian government from the Tuvalu government at the time. It was a, a gracious request from that government that we worked on with them. And the, the, the sovereignty of both countries is safeguarded in the agreement already, but we stand ready to work with the new government on the implementation of that, and if there's other things that they would like to have exa- examined, um, that's obviously um, something we're happy to look at. I, I w- also should re- reject the premise of your introduction. We, the, there was not a trading of migration for security. Um, there's a security section in this um, treaty where we commit to coming to the aid of Tuvalu if there's a natural disaster, a global health pandemic, or territorial aggression. That That's that's the start of the security chapter, and that's what was discussed between the two governments. Obviously, this agreement hasn't even gone through either country's parliaments in terms of legislating. Can you guarantee that it will? Well, I'm confident it will go through the Australian system and be ratified um, there, but ultimately that's obviously up to the uh, Joint Committee on Treaties to to 
make a decision and then the the, the uh, process is that it is tabled in Parliament and that can be disallowed. Uh, but I'm confident that um, we can do it. We intentionally approached it this way. The, the view of the Tuvalan government at the time was that they wanted to sign a treaty and we did that and announced it around the edges of the Pacific Island Forum, but ratification would occur after the Tuvalan election because they were very clear that they wanted the Tuvalan people to express their view um, uh, uh, through the election. And that's a process we absolutely respect. And as I said, there is now a government in Tuvalu who says they support the principles and objectives of the treaty. And we'll just work through the implementation of that. The former PM was favourable to Taiwan. You can't say that this agreement has nothing to do with China, especially under new leadership. Can you just talk to the relevance of China in this agreement? Oh, well, um, a recognition of uh, Taiwan or the People's Republic of China is uh, a question for the Tuvalan government. There is nothing in this treaty that goes to diplomatic recognition. And what, we, what about from the Australian government? Clear. I mean, is this treaty or was this treaty designed to counter Chinese influence in the Pacific? It, it was designed to bring the peoples of Tuvalu and Australia closer together. We're, and we're away proud. from China? Well, you, you can read it whichever way you want. We've been very clear that um, uh, the Pacific is dominated by three three great challenges, the three Cs of climate change, post-COVID pandemic recovery and geostrategic competition. And we've been very upfront with the Australian people and, and the people of the Pacific that we want to be the um, partner of choice for Pacific nations. That's why we've implemented such strong policies. That's why the Farley Peely Treaty is the most significant Pacific policy a government has implemented since supporting PNG independence in 1975. It's in our interest to be the partner of choice in the Pacific, and we believe it's in the interests of um, the Pacific peoples as well. Have you or your government spoken to the new Prime Minister in Tuvalu? Uh, we're, we're seeking to arrange uh, contact uh, through the normal diplomatic channels. Um, obviously, we we know many of the uh, the, the ministers and principals in that government uh, and we're, we'll just proceed through the normal course of action to we'll, make that contact. I should make the point that the government was only formed, uh, uh, I think the cabinet was only formed today. Sure, so but, but the, point, the, point, the point, Minister, is will you be reaffirming Australia's position or would you be looking to soften the deal, perhaps taking out this sticking point about sovereignty? Well, I don't think there is a sticking point on sovereignty. We're talking about how we implement the treaty rather than anything else. But we've been very clear in both our public utterances and our private utterances that, of course, we respect the priorities of the government of Tuvalu and we'll work with them if they need, if they want to work on um, particular variations on what's been agreed to. We do that with every Pacific country. The difference between us and previous Australian governments is we we turn up and we listen and we act on the priorities of the governments of, of the Pacific that we deal with, and this will be no exception. It's 13 past five. The Minister for the Pacific, Pat Conroy, is here. We're talking about the future of Australia's agreement with Tuvalu. You're also the Minister for Defence Industry. We spoke recently with defence and strategy expert Hugh White on Drive. He believes the AUKUS security pact with the UK and the US is likely to fail and is risky for Australia. His words, what do you say to his analysis? Oh, I reject that analysis. I have enormous respect for Hugh White. He's made a contribution to defence policy and strategic policy in Australia over decades, but on this he's wrong. 
He, he, he also criticised the recent review of the Navy surface fleet, hmm. with Australia set to build a new fleet of, two, uh, of Tier 2 warships to complement Tier 1 combatants. He questioned the effectiveness of what he calls less capable warships in filling the gap in our surface ship capacities, and also the role of surface ships, you know, at all, really, in modern warfare. What's your response? Well, I, I re certainly reject the second characterisation. The surface vessels are incredibly important in any uh, force structure and in any modern conflict. And I also reject the, the characterisation that the so-called Tier 2 vessels will not be capable. We will be acquiring 11 general purpose frigates as part of our more than doubling of the surface fleet to 26 uh, large surface combatants. Those general purpose frigates will be at least the size of the Anzac frigates, if not up to 50% bigger. They will carry at least uh, twice as many missiles, potentially four times as many missiles. They'll be equipped with the latest uh, uh, sonar equipment to detect submarines and to hunt down submarines. These will be an invaluable part of the Navy. And I can say to you that the Royal Australian Navy is incredibly excited by this prospect. Um, it, you only have to see it in the response from the Chief of Navy to the announcement. So I think uh, uh, with due respect to Mr White, he, he's um, uh, in a minority of his views. What we announced was the most significant um, investment and upgrade to the Royal Australian Navy surface fleet since World War II, and it's essential to our national security. We'll have to leave it there. Minister for the Pacific Defence Industry and International Development, Pat Conroy. Good to talk to you. Good afternoon to you. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.